Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else, which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working towards the day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. 2020, knowing him more and more, knowing me. Welcome to your Carl House and now, a senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. Okay, so we'll be sharing the word of God. Please get your Bibles and your pen ready. So our 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 teachings on knowledge, the key in our Christian work, knowledge, 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 knowledge is what we have been dealing with. Knowledge. So we'll do a little recap and then we get moving. So let's get going. Our first point is that we we said that knowledge is a vital need of every believer. See, emphasis is for clarity. Emphasis is for clarity. So there are certain things I will repeat them again so that you'll be clear of what I'm saying. And emphasis builds conviction. When something is done consistently, it builds conviction. So there are things I will have to repeat them again so you get it. It gets the more you hear, the better you become in it. So I'll be emphasizing some things to help build your conviction in the things that you have heard and believe in. It's very important. So we said that knowledge is a vital need of every believer. You have to understand that. There is no substitute to this. That knowledge is a vital need of every believer. Every believer needs knowledge. Why why is knowledge a vital need of the believer? Next point. Because... The believer communicates his faith by knowledge. Why does the believer, why does the believer needs knowledge and knowledge vital to the believer? I said, the reason the believer, knowledge is vital to the believer is because a believer communicates his faith by knowledge. That is, your, 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 your Christianity is known by what you know. Because what you know will reflect in what you do. What you know will reflect in what you do. So knowledge is what we do, what we do. So how somebody drives is based on how much they know about driving. How people operate. Some people have a phone and all they do with their phone is to make calls and chat. Somebody's phone is their office. Why? They know something you don't know. So effectiveness in life is by knowledge. So the Christian, as a believer... We communicate our faith by knowledge. So I have to understand that if I communicate my faith by knowledge, I must understand that knowledge is key in my Christian work. The next thing again we said is that since knowledge is vital and we communicate our Christianity by knowledge, I cannot, as a believer, afford identity crisis. If my mode of transmission, if my mode of communication is what I operate with, is knowledge, 
I can't be unsure. I can't be unsure. I can never work in identity crisis. Unfortunately, a lot of believers find themselves in that bracket, identity crisis. They don't even know whether God has forgiven them. They are not sure whether their salvation, they can lose it, identity crisis. A lot of people still pray that God, please help me to go to heaven, make, let me make heaven. It's very sad that identity crisis, we don't know. It's for example, if you are born into a family, I am born as an Ashanti because of that. I come from where I come from. There are kinds um, come from their, their, their matrilineal side. So it's not my choice to come from where I come from. It's by birth I come from where I come from. I'm saying that again. Um, when you are born into a family, you don't determine where you come from. It's by birth you come from where you come from. That is why parents can even decide, I want to have this child in America. I want to have this child in Israel. I want to have this child. So parents determine where you come from. And the beauty of salvation is that you don't give birth to yourself. God gives birth to you. So because God gives birth to you, you don't determine where you come from. So the, the moment you get born again, you now come from where the person who gave birth to you comes from. And God is the one who gave birth to you. So if God comes from heaven, it means automatically, since God gave birth to you and I, we're going deep into it for you to understand it clearer. It means that you are from heaven. So if you are born of a father who is from heaven, let's play this in our mind. In case, let's, let's say God is a gun and God comes from Jamestown. Yes, hypothetical. If God comes from Jamestown, if God gives birth to you, you don't pray to belong to Jamestown. You don't pray to make Jamestown. How on earth would you be praying to make Jamestown? By birth, you come from heaven. So the same way as a believer, because God comes from, in quote, heaven, where God occupies, there is no way his residence is not your residence. So if I start praying that Father help me to come from Jamestown, something is wrong with my mind. And that's, that's the problem that we find when we have wrong understanding of who we are. So if I know who I am, who gave birth to me, I don't worry about where I come from. So heaven is never a prayer point. Neither is heaven a reward. Unfortunately, heaven has been taught as a reward. So Christians go to heaven to make, they go to church to make heaven. Very sad. Wrong teaching, wrong understanding has brought us to see that people even think they can buy, they can sow a seed to make heaven. People think they can they can sow a seed that the seed they sow will help them to make heaven. It's, 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 it's very unfortunate. So please write it as I continue. I don't know why I have to write this piece, but I'm saying it again. 
that as a Christian, as a child of God, if you believe God is your father, you come from your father's hometown. And your father's residence is the heavenly. So heaven is not a prayer point. Very important. Number two, the Christian does not make heaven. You can't miss it. It's not something to miss or something to attain. And then again, we were also wrongly taught that you have to make heaven. So there are requirements to make it. To we say, why you say I won't go heaven? You won't go to heaven. I want you to understand proper knowledge. You will come to understand as I teach today that if Jesus is a son of God and you are also a son of God, and Jesus doesn't have to qualify for heaven, pray to make heaven, receive a reward to be in heaven, how does it become you, your reward or your prayer point? That's what we need to understand the brotherhood we have with Christ, where we are in Christ, to understand the benefits that comes with these things. So the moment we are not properly taught, then you can be scared that if you don't even pay your tithe, you won't make heaven. We don't become Christians to make heaven. I keep telling people, if Christianity is all about going to heaven, what would have happened is that the moment you get saved, then you die. Because it's as if, okay, so please write this again. Heaven is not an end. Like heaven at last. Oh, thank God I made it. Heaven is not an end in Christianity. Heaven is not an end in Christianity. Or should we put it in a proper way? Going to heaven. Is not an end in Christianity. No, be an kubi. Very sad preaching like that. That sometimes, unfortunately, you can even find men of God saying they are not sure they will make heaven. One of the most unfortunate messages you can ever hear in the body of Christ. Because the point is, if you can't make it and you are leaving me, how am I the person you are leaving make it and you won't make it? So there are so many things we've not thought through. But because they have been said several, you see, like Pastor Chris will say, when a truth is, when a lie is propagated continuously, it becomes truth in the mind of the hearers. When a lie is propagated consistently, continuously, it becomes truth in the mind of the hearers. So, the fact that you've heard something for a long time doesn't make it right. It doesn't matter how long you've heard it. It doesn't matter who said it. If it is contradicting to the scriptures, it cannot be accepted. When a fact contradicts the written document. When a fact contradicts written document, 
It doesn't matter who said it. It cannot be taken. There is no scripture that points to making heaven. Nor even makes heaven a reward. Heaven is not a reward. It's very important. So back to what we were saying. We said that as a believer, you should know that knowledge is vital because a lot of people go to church and sadly, they're going to church not to miss heaven. But going to church doesn't make you make or miss heaven. It's not biblical. So you can go to church for a wrong reason. It's like how a lot of people go to church to be rich. And yet there are a lot of people who don't go to church who are rich. So if it is riches you want, why don't you go and ask the people who are not in church? And then the church wants to, it takes time. So, ah, bruh. Remember principles, steps, ladder, all manner of things. Because wrong information is creating all manner of things. So you have a lot of people sitting in church. Instead of going to look for a job so they can make money, instead of using that beautiful gift God gave humans called brain, they sit and they are drinking oil or rubbing oil or something to make money. One of the two most famous people when it comes to money, they never use this your oil. Bill Gates, now Kramuzo, the Antichrist. Then the other one, Dangote, also your Muslim. So there are certain things is being said. We've heard it separately. Every year, it is your season. Oh, this oil, hey, this. So ordinary humanitarian giving has become a testimony. Because all our giving has become gambling. We give to get, we give to take, we give to overcome, we give to over whatever. And sometimes you look at the people we call secular unbelievers, in fact, they give more than us. You will see them giving without an expectation. They feel it is human to help the needy. But we, it has to be by anointing. We, we give for the next level. It has to be a gambling, a jackpot. You have to put a price tag before giving makes sense. When this COVID-19 came, the baby, I don't know. See, I'm sorry, I'm very saying. This American singer, American pop singer, Rihanna, what about $5 million? $5 million. You call her a secular person. To take care of people suffering. Go and see. Go and see. When she was giving the check, there was it was not on Facebook. One bag of five five kilos rice. When, when, oh Jesus, when the Bible says, when your right hand is doing good, your left hand is doing good, on Facebook, 
Say somebody called me, say, ah, prof, you are not my Jesus. I'm not accountable to you. I'm accountable to Jesus. Whatever I'm doing, is Jesus who is seeing it. He's not putting it out there. Thank God. Some people, that's how they make feel. Some people, based on their institutions they belong to, they have to do these things. It's understandable. But when individuals, churches, pastor, when people criticize you, they criticize you. Whether we give it publicly or privately, they will criticize the church, they will criticize the church. I don't have to do anything for human praise. Giving is to meet needs. Giving is to help the needy. Giving is a form of honor to God. That's why we give. Not to show off. Not to show off. Not to show that, yes, we are. I'm telling you, people who sent money and keep sending money to the, the church phone, that we gave money to people. Nobody even knows who gave the money. And nobody knows who received the money. But people were blessed by people's giving. Several people. Some of them are not even in Yaka house. There were some handicaps I was led to. I went to give some of the money to them. People I've not even seen with my eyes. Somebody told me how they were celebrating. And I took the money that people brought. It's not on Facebook. I don't have to go and sit on radio and say it. That is not why Jesus called me, Mother. So when you don't understand the Christian giving, the Christian work, there are so many things you will do. If you don't take care, you'll be following the world. So knowledge is vital to the believer. Knowledge is where the believer communicates his faith. Then we said again that because of that, the believer cannot afford he cannot afford identity crisis. You can't not be sure. You have to know what is yours, who you are. You, you can't. You can't afford identity crisis. It's not, it's not something you should think about. You should always work towards knowledge. Decide. Decide. That's why when we come to church, I insistently tell people, write. Because you can't keep on your mind. Write it. Go over it. Let them sing. Because you have to continuously look in the word of liberty. And then a very important thing I also thought in the course of the week is that the devil's number one weapon is deception. The devil, our opponent, the word devil also simply means opponent. Opponent. Like football match, your opponent. His number one weapon is deception. Deception. And he oppress this deception by twisting the word of God to the believer or misrepresenting God's word. The devil, his number one weapon is deception and he operates by twisting the word of God to the believer and misrepresenting the word of God. Deception. It's sad. When I watch Facebook, radio, people screaming, God is angry. The reason why this virus is here is because God is angry. I see the work of the devil right there. He is misrepresenting God. So people have come to believe that God is the one causing this painful spread of this virus and the death of people. And sometimes I, I can't, like, who we will say, I can't think far. How? How can God 
who says he doesn't desire in the death of sinners. He has written it in his word. Because of Please think about it again. Another, please look at it again. How can a God who came to die for the sins of humanity kill people for sin? Then why did he waste his time to come and die? If you know you'll be killing them for their sin, don't come and waste your time to die. So it is the work of the devil to misrepresent God. You know what? You see, in Bible interpretation, I said there's something called the law of first mention. So that the first time something is ever mentioned in the Bible, you take a look at it. The first time the devil was ever mentioned in the Bible, the first time he ever appeared, what he came to do was to say, has God said? The first statement was to question what God has said. And you must know this as a believer, never forget. Every time the devil will twist and question what God has said. Has God said you are righteous? Are you sure you will go to heaven? Are you sure you are a righteous person? Are you sure the way you pray, God hears you? Are you sure? Never forget. He came to question what God has said to Adam. Has God said you should not eat any fruit of the tree? God didn't say that. Then he says, oh, God said we can eat all. Save the one. He said, oh, God knows if you eat, you'll be like him. Oh. That's why I said when you, I, 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 I trust God that this year, I'll take my time to teach you the devil. You'll be sad. The way we have pictured the devil, omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing, it's very sad. And it's all back out of ignorance. You can see the manifestation of the devil in scripture. He never came with fire coming out of his mouth. When he came to talk to Adam, he came deceptively to talk about what God has said. The next time we meet him at the temptation of Jesus, he came right after a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The devil comes and says, if you are the son of God, then these stones in That's the work of the devil. So till the believer knows how the devil works, that the devil uses deception, comes to question what God has said about you. Are you sure you make it? Are you sure you are going to live? Are you sure this sickness won't kill you? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? It's the work of the devil. And the only way we resist the devil is by the word of God. Jesus gave us an example. Jesus said it is written, man shall not be by bread alone. He told Jesus, oh, just jump. Ah. Then he quoted Psalm 93, Psalm 91 to Jesus. Hey, Satan, own name scripture. Okotisam 91. Okotisam you know what he told Jesus? He told he said, Oh, he says he will, he said, he said it is written. He will make his angels charge over you that you will not dash your stone, your feet to a stone. Look at what he was doing. God never said in Psalm 91 that if Jesus throws himself on one so what he was doing was twisting the word of the God for Jesus to try God by throwing himself. Hmm. Ah. Because Jesus, 
Kobe woman for Sobi Ambassador because he was supposed to die on the cross. Satan was tricking him because the Psalms, the devil knows that the scriptures are written about Jesus. So he said to Jesus, It is written. He will make his angels charge over you that you will not dash your feet to a stone. Psalm 91. And Jesus quoted the scripture, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Because the fact that there is protection over my life doesn't mean if I, don't, I drive anyhow. Me accident. Stop deceiving yourself. The fact that the Bible says you drink deadly poison, it will not harm you. No, I go to the it, no, I know. You will die to see your face. So you have to understand the word of God so that the devil doesn't use schemes to trick you to do what you shouldn't do. Then we went to our next point. Next point. That is why precise, accurate, comprehensive knowledge is important. I'll take it again. Because of how the devil works. Twisting the word of God, misquoting God. That is why the believer needs precise, accurate, and comprehensive knowledge. So whatever I know about God has to be precise. Whatever I know about God has to be accurate. Whatever I know about God has to be comprehensive. I must understand this Christian work. That is why we go to church to learn of him. In the area, say what cause we the Jesus I available to you. They come and teach us things that I can learn at Gimpa. You go to church and you are learning more of the devil than more of who you are in Christ. They are teaching you economics in church. You can go to school. I didn't even have a penny. Pi R square. Ah! <laughs> Pi R square. Oh, baby. Master, now a software. And the sad thing is that a pastor like me, I will be Greek. I feel no better graduates how to do business. We're just spiritual, baby, and it's no one knows. Or for our own statue, cocoa food, don't have a better amount for how to be great farmers. It's very sad. And this is where all these ignorant things used to come, where people start up business and they think when they make a pastor the chairman, Holy Spirit will come on the business. Hey, yo. That so for the woman anointing, etititititit, body so. Omo the anointing, anointing na ye the di akrasa ya ye no omo the de etititit body so body body. With the anointing, so that the anointing will guide, brah. You don't need to sit on the board to guide anybody if you have to guide. Especially when you don't have the competence. If the competence is there, no problem. But don't be there as a spiritual guide. Next point. Okay. Philippians, like we do, let's first read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. It's still on the line. 
Yes, sir. Okay, Stephen. Yes, sir. Ephesians 1, 16, 17, 18, very important. Ephesians chapter 1, reading from verse 16. Mm-hmm. Cease not to give thanks for you. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. I make mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory. The Father of glory. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him. In revelation in the knowledge. That word their knowledge is epignosis. In the knowledge, in the precise, accurate, comprehensive knowledge of him. I pray for you. That is why we always pray for knowledge in our prayer. It's a Pauline prayer. It's a prayer for the believer. Believer must always pray for knowledge. That I have precise, accurate knowledge of him. Continue. What in him are we supposed to know? The eyes of your understanding. He says that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. That ye may know. That we will know. We have to come to. So the first one is epignosis. The second one is gnosis. So from epignosis you get gnosis. From epignosis you get gnosis. So precise, accurate knowledge. Then you, The knowledge you have is the knowledge you live. You come to a place of practicing what you know. When the eyes of your understanding is enlightened, you are able to know that you will come to the place eh? that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you will know what is the hope of his calling. The calling of being a Christian. Eh? And what's the riches of the glory of his inheritance and in the saints? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Because they are inheritance, they are things God has willed to the believer. Mm-hmm. And what is the exceeding greatness says, of his power to us? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, God, who believe? Who believe? So the believer must what? find out. What is the power that God has made available to him? The moment you become a believer, there is a power of God that is made available to you. The moment you become a believer, there is a power of God that is made available to you. And that power, he says, is the power, continue, he will tell you the power that was given to you. What is the power that was given to the believer? So every believer listening to my the sound of my voice, listen to what the scriptures say that was given to you. Stephen. According to the working of his mighty power. He says, according he, to the power that was given to you is according to the working of his mighty power, which, which he wrought in Christ. In Christ. What he when did he raised him from the dead. When he raised Jesus from the dead. So the power of God that was demonstrated in raising Jesus from the dead uh-huh, and set him at his own and right hand. And the power of God that made him to sit him in the place in his 
in the make you sit at his right hand in the heavens. We have spoken about that. That the heavens is the is the space of God amongst humanity. So where oh Jesus, where God sits, the place where authority has been willed to Jesus is the same place the believer lives. So he says, I pray for you that your eyes is open so you know the power that has been willed to you. The power that has been made available to you. The power that is inside of you. Look, the power of God that has been given to the believer is so mighty. Look at what he says in chapter 3 verse 20. Because of this power he gave to you. This is why we have the verse 20. Listen, if, if, when he writes the book, the, 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 first time the, the, the first time the writer, Ephesians, written by Paul, he talks about power. So when you come to the chapter 3, it's a continuation because it's a whole book. He's telling you a story. So in chapter 3, verse 20 of Ephesians, he says something very profound. Now unto him that is able to do. He says, now unto him that is able to do. Exceeding abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. All that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. Hear this and hear it well. If God has said according to the power that works in him, God, he would have contradicted himself in the chapter one. Because he has willed the power to make things happen. His mighty power, all of God's power has been given to the believer. He comes to tell you that even the power to make your prayers to be answered. It is inside you because he has told you in chapter one, verses 19, that according to the power that he willed to you, that he gave to Jesus. So the power that Jesus has is inside the believer. So the power to make things happen is not in heaven, heaven as a planet. The power to make things happen is inside you, the believer. So until I know I have the power to make things happen, that when I speak, that is why the believer prays. Because God does not move when we don't pray. Because his power to make things happen has been given to you. So if I sit and say, You are wasting your time because it's like I have a car and I'm giving my car keys to you. For you to operate my car. And then you have an issue, you have to go to the hospital. And then you are calling me, oh, oh prof, are you coming? Are you coming to drive the car? And you have the keys. And that's what Christians have been doing. Out of ignorance. Because we are ignorant of what has been given to us. We are holding the keys. Jesus says, all authority in heaven. The keys of the kingdom has been given to me and I have given it to you. The power to make things happen is in the believer. My goodness. And yet the believer, unfortunately, doesn't know. The reason we don't know is that pastors, we don't spend time letting you know what was done for you. We rather spend time telling you what you shouldn't know. So you know less of what you should know and know more of what you shouldn't know. So when you start teaching the believer what he should have known, you sound odd. I have been called an heresist. They say I'm lost. I've thrown my power away. It's unfortunate. Name calling doesn't do anything to me, honestly. So that's not a problem. But that, that's for me, it's hard that I've never written the Bible before. 
Ufuku wa mizu wa sukuma kwa kwa jina maya kwa chulobani. Then, I didn't write the Bible. It is what has been written, we explain. And for me, some of you listening to me, you have degrees in, even in matches. You have degrees, all manner of degrees. As a Bible needs their own kind. It's sometimes a simple grammar. 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 That you don't even question what is being read. It's English. Say, so, you no, know, what? Maybe then you ask for the Greek meaning. But sometimes the thing is saying is done. Then you are saying you will be doing it. That's for me. That's some of the painful thing. It is done already. When it is done already, then they are rather telling us that we need to do something to make something happen. It's right the next point. So, because I have to, as a believer, have an accurate knowledge of who I am, that is why the epistles is full of in him, by him, through him, by him. What do I mean? I will explain further. So, we are still talking about knowledge. And the knowledge we should have is about what Christ has made available. The knowledge we should have as believers is what the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus made available to the believer. The comprehensive, accurate knowledge I should have is about my redemption. That is why the epistles, which is the book that shows who the believer is, the epistles is from Romans to Revelations. From Genesis to Malachi is known as the scriptures, the Old Testament and its covenant. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the synoptics, they are they are hold on, this thing is they are you see, the, 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 the four Gospels tells us what was promised in the Old Testament that was fulfilled. So the life of Jesus is documented there. Then you come to us of apostles, which shows us that after Jesus died, the people who believed in him, the kind of life they lived. So when you want to see church and what churches do, is in us of apostles. That's why I keep asking people. You will never find any in us of apostles. The first church, the model church that we all look at. Nobody used the blood for anything. They didn't drink their blood, apply it on as margarine. They didn't put it in their soup. They didn't use it to fight. The blood was never a weapon. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus was the payment for our sins. So any other thing you use the blood of Jesus for, you're abusing the blood. So when we look in the the, the, the as of apostles, we see what happened. Then you come to the epistles. The epistles show us who a Christian is. So in the epistles, you see 
a key word that is said several times in him, by him, through him, in whom. All these things I've said it to you before I'm saying it again. Anytime you see in him, by him, through him, by whom, anything that follows is a description of who you are or what you have. So when he says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, in him we have redemption. It means you have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. So it is not something you go and pray for because you are in him because that is where the believer is located. The believer is located inside of Christ. So in him, by him, through him, they tell the believer who he is, what he has, and what he has become. In him, by him, through him, tells the believer who he is, what he has, and what the believer has become. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Stephen. Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. Mm-hmm. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For I am not. For ashamed. I am not what ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To everyone that what believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. To the Jew first and also to who? The Greek. To the Greek. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we said again that the redemptive work of Christ saves from sin. It's very important I'll be explaining it. The redemptive work of Christ saves from sin. You see, this is one of the things that is sad that the blood of Jesus, Yesu Mojan, yet we still walk around thinking sin is our problem. Sin has been paid for. Sin has been paid for, and the payment of sin was the blood of Jesus. So, what every believer should know. Without being confused about it. What every believer should know. Without being confused about it. Is that the sacrifice of Jesus. Was to pay for any sin you have ever committed. You would ever commit. You ever imagine to commit. So the believer does not have a sin problem. The believer does not have a sin problem. Your sins have been paid for. Let me say this. And note it. I'll say it again and then I'll say this importantly. Let's, uh, Stephen, just pause a minute and go to 1 John chapter 2, 1 and 2. Then I'll explain something to you. But I said that the believer does not have a sin problem. First John chapter two, verse one and verse two. Uh-huh. 
my little children, these my things write children, I unto you. These things write I unto you. Listen very carefully. That, mm-hmm. that ye sin not. So he says, what I am going to tell you, I am not telling you so you should go and sin. I am telling you so you don't sin. So the reason I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you is that you should not sin. Mm-hmm. And if any man sin, and if that means the word if is conditional, it means that there is the probability that you will sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. We have, not we are going to have. We will pray to have. We have an advocate with the Father. Who is that advocate? Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And he is the payment for our sins. And not for ours only. And not for the sins of Christians only. But also for the sins of the whole world. But also for the sins of the whole world. Not for our sins only. Even the world. God doesn't have a sin problem with the world. The problem God has with the world is belief in what he has done. So he didn't say, if any man sin, he is no, 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 no. He says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The giving of Christ was to sacrifice, pay for sin. That whosoever believed in him will not perish. But the person will have eternal life. If any man does not believe, that is when you will perish. The sin is not the issue. Now listen, I explain this to somebody. The fact that we don't have a sin issue does not mean God says or the Bible is saying or Prophet Gilbert is telling you go and sin. I explain this to somebody. When you get an insurance on your car, house, so I got a car insurance. And because I have a car insurance, I wake up in the morning and then I drive my car to hit the wall. Are you okay? The fact that you have an insurance does not mean you stop jamming, jamming people everywhere you go or start destroying it. Oh, I have insurance, I have insurance. But, but no, when you do that, it means you are not correct. So even though we have insurance with Christ, it does not mean you should live anyhow. That's what it means. That there is nothing your sin will do to stop your salvation. But it doesn't mean that the believer, because sin will do nothing, means go and live anyhow. No. The insurance is that we have insured your car. If something happens to the car, mistakenly, don't worry, we will fix it. Or who will replace it. That's exactly what Christ is saying in this word. That sins have been paid for. You don't have a sin problem. It does not mean that Christianity means live a wrecked life. Live anyhow. No, 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 no. If you live and make a mistake, remember you have insurance. And to you be Hey! Yeah, minister of account, insurance That's the difference. Especially those days, look for insurance. super comprehensive and up a third party. Um, I want you to super third party. 
Who better party name mo me ka ni prima na be so ni ya ka ye comprehensive so when you have christ when you accept the life of christ you have been insured for life even beyond life there is nothing a believer will do hear me there's nothing a believer will do and will make the believer lose his salvation you are secured forever and dinner poor friend so great salvation if you know the length the breadth the 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 width of the love of God. We have no idea. That's why we undermine. Because you don't get it. The value and the magnitude of salvation, if you have an idea, it cannot be quantified. Even the life to come, life is secured. When somebody dies without Christ, they are finished. They will never exist anymore. But a believer, even after life, even after life, is even a better, a better. That one is even better. Charlie. There's a better life for, for the believer. And every believer must know this. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. First Corinthians 15, 19. First Corinthians chapter 15, the verse number 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ. Or see, if it's only in this life you have hope in Christ. We are all of men, we are all of we are all, we are of, sorry, sir. Mm-hmm. If this life only we have hope in Christ, then men, we are of all men miserable. most miserable. Why is that? But now is Christ risen from the dead? Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. And he has become the first fruit of them that slept. So, because Jesus resurrected, our hope, so what we are saying, now we are Christian, now we say, all Christianity is, is on this earth. You are a miserable person. There is a better life even out of this earth. Very important, everybody knows that. Next point. We said that our identity as believers is with Christ. 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 We have a new description by God written in the scriptures. We have a new description by God written in the scriptures. The moment you become a Christian, there is a new identity. There is a new description of your life. And that is given only by God, not your family, not your ancestral lineage, bloodline, sugar line, water line. No, 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 no. 
this description is by God and the description is written in the scriptures. Then the next point we came to was that since we were saved by the gospel, since we were saved by the gospel, since we were saved by the gospel, we must believe in the contents and the provision of the gospel. Since we were saved with the gospel or by the gospel, since our salvation was by the gospel, we must believe in the contents and the provision of the gospel. What the, the, the gospel don't forget is the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. So, since you were saved by the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, as a believer, I must believe in what the death, burial, resurrection of Christ contains and what it provides. What it provides. I must believe in it. So if the death, burial, resurrection of Christ provides eternal life, I must believe I have eternal life. I don't care who is standing on TV, who had a dream the last time, whatever they saw, that's not the issue. The issue is that what the scripture says the gospel provides is what I take. I don't care the government or whoever is saying it. It is not about what they think. It's about what the scriptures say. So if since I was saved with the gospel, I must believe in the contents and the provision of the gospel. Next point. That is, we must acknowledge the realities in the gospel. Because we were saved by the gospel, we must acknowledge them. I acknowledge it. So you walk with that boldness. I acknowledge it. I acknowledge that I am redeemed forever. Concerning the times and the seasons where Christ will come, you have no need that I write you. You don't have Whether the Antichrist is Obama or Okama or whoever it is, it's not your business. It's not you know for you no 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 no. Say five G, seven G, the bad day, people are worrying themselves. Master, the believer in Christ who knows who he is doesn't bother himself about these things. We are four pairs of money, five gima. If we are seeing the chroma and the chroma and the usu super so quite heavy. Say heavy neighbor, good yet in a way. I'm on for more pet technology. How many jags you say five gima? And I'm almost so they be a bibia heavy. In so to or china, nay, don't be your magazine, you super. In so statutory and yen. Let's step forward. Psalm 102, verse 18. Psalm 102, verse 18. Psalm 102, verses 18. Stephen. Psalm 102, verse 18. Talk to me. This shall be written for the generation to come. He says, this shall be written for the generations to come. And come shall you and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. He says, and the people which shall be created 
they shall, shall praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. So when David was prophesying here, he was talking about something that was bound to come, about to come. We have also studied in this our series that the first man was created. The first man, Adam, he was created. Adam was not from heaven. Adam was created on earth. When God finished creating the heavens and the earth, he created Adam. He had no need heaven. And he born only was somebody. It's not true. Adam was right here. Adam was right here. Adam was created on this earth. Then Adam, Adam sinned on earth. And then after Adam started procreation, Adam started procreation. That is, he was producing after his kind. Adam In God's image, Adam started creating in his own image. That's Genesis chapter 5, verse 3. Genesis chapter 5, verse 3. Procreation started with Adam. God created Adam. The first only man God created was Adam. The rest of the people were procreation. And they were procreated after Adam's sin. Adam's sin in chapter 3. Chapter 2 and 3. Remember say chapter 3. Yanko, Genesis 5. Three. Genesis chapter 5, verse 3. Mm-hmm. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years. And begat a son in his own likeness. And he begat a son in his own likeness. After his image. After his own image. And called his name Seth. And he called his name Seth. So Adam started procreation. So all other people were from Adam, the first man. And this is what humanity looks like. All humanity states, our image was of that of the fallen man, Adam. We were in the likeness of a sinful man, a fallen man. As it were, a dead man. So before Christ, every man came out of Adam. And as long as you came out of Adam, you came out from a fallen Adam. The image of Adam, the fallen Adam, a sinful nature, a dead man. Next point. Men are found in Adam dead. And buried in sin. Men are found in Adam dead and buried in sin. Men are found in Adam dead and buried in sin. As long as you come from Adam, you are a dead man. God said to Adam, the day you eat the fruit, you surely die. Adam was living, but he was dead because he was dead in sin. Because he sinned. So an unbeliever is dead in sin. Very important. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse 1 to verse 3. And you have he quickened. And you have he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. He's using past tense because he's addressing Christians. He says, and you have he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. The way he uses past tense. You had he quickened who were dead, were dead in trespasses, which is sins. Uh-huh. Where in, in time past, he where walked. In, in time past, when you were an unbeliever, you had your conversation. Uh-huh. According to the course of this world. According to according the course to of the this prince, world. According to the prince. Of the power of the earth. Uh-huh. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, he's talking about the unbeliever, his heart is controlled by the devil. Continue. Among whom also we all had our conversation. We also we had our conversation. We had our conversation in time past. In the last of our flesh. In the last of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. And we were by nature, by nature, by virtue of procreation, we were the children of God's anger. Even as others. Even as others. So, next point, that this is the state of man who is procreated. This is the state of man who is procreated. He's a child of wrath. He's walking in disobedience of God. That is why Jesus recommended a burning again. John 3, 6 and 7. That is why Jesus recommended us to be born again. The reason we needed to be born again is that when you are born from your mother, you are procreated from Adam. John 3, 6 and 7. John chapter 3, verse 6 and verse 7. Uh-huh. That which is born of the flesh is that flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said So don't thee. be surprised I am telling you. I told you that the flesh there stands for humanity. The sinful man. That which is born of the sinful man is sinful. And if you are born of the spirit which signifies God, you are born of God. So don't be surprised I tell you to be born again. Next point. Man must be born again. And until he is born again, he is dead in sin. A man must be born again. And until he is born again, he is dead in sin. A man must be born again. And until a man is born again, he is dead in sin. So the prophecy of Psalm 102 verse 18 has to be, it has to be about the new creation. Because the creation is talking about cannot be in Adam. The new birth can never happen in Adam. Because if it is done in the First Adam, it can't be called new, and it can't be a new creation. That is why the work of God is in Christ. That 
is why the work of God is in Christ. The work of God is in Christ. A very important point you should know. And since Jesus is a deity, he can't be born. Since Jesus is a deity, he can't be born from the sperm of a man. He can't. Because if he's born from the sperm of a man, he becomes a son of Adam, a, a, a procreation. So he, it had to be an incarnation. That is why Jesus is an incarnation, not a procreation. So Adam was created, men were procreated, Jesus incarnated. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, then verse 14 to 18. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, mm-hmm. then we'll take 14 to verse 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, mm-hmm. and the Word was God. In the beginning the was, was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14 to 18. Mm-hmm. And the Word was made flesh. And, and the Word was us. made flesh, and He came to dwell amongst us. And we beheld his glory. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Because 17 and 18. Don't bear with verse 17 and verse 18. For the law was given by Moses. Mm-hmm. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Mm. No man had seen God at he any says, time. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of son, the Father. Which is in the bosom of the Father. He had declared him. Next point. So on earth, Jesus is referred to. As man, but not a procreation of Adam. On earth, Jesus is referred to as man, but not a procreation of Adam. Isaiah 7, 14, which talks about God with us. Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14. Mm-hmm. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. A virgin shall conceive. And bear a son. And bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. Why? Butter and honey shall he eat. Is the, the word Emmanuel means God with us. Meaning God is now living, divinity is living in humanity. It was a prophecy that divinity was now going to be inhabited by humanity. We inhabit divinity. 
First Timothy three sixteen. First Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. And without controversy. And without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. This is a great mystery of God's work. God was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. He was justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. He was seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. He was preached unto the world. Believed on in the world. He was believed on in the world. Received up into glory. Hallelujah. So God manifested. God became a man. That is why he's God with us. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47. I'll be running up soon. Wrapping up. First Corinthians 15, 47. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47. Mm-hmm. The first man is of the earth. Ethi. The first man, Adam, is of this earth. Earthy man. The second mm-hmm. man is the Lord from heaven. The second man is the incarnated Jesus. He is from heaven. So at incarnation, Jesus came from heaven. Verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The last Adam, which is Jesus, is a life-giving spirit. Jesus is a life-giving spirit. He's a spirit that gives life. And this is the redemption. And this is the resurrection, sorry. A life, a life-giving spirit. And this is the resurrection. When he quickened, that is, he gives life to the dead. When he says, you has he quickened, it means he has given you life. Jesus gives life. It was after resurrection, he could give life. And this is where we identify in him when he gives life. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. When he gives life to a dead sinner, you then identify in him. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and verse Mm -hmm. 6. Even when we were dead in sin. Even when we were dead in sin. Have quickened us together with Christ. He has given us life together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. By you doing nothing you are saved. And has raised us up together. And he has raised us up together. Don't forget it. We have been quickened. Giving a life together with Christ. Eh? And has made us sit together. And he has made us to sit together. So we were quickened together, raised together, sitting together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the spiritual realm in Christ Jesus. 
So you are sitting in Christ spiritually. That's why you can't see it with your physical eyes. It's a spiritual thing. So you have to know it, to believe it, to acknowledge it. Because of this quickening, because Jesus also died in sin, because he carried the sin of the world. So he says, can you read what you just read again? He didn't quicken only him, he quickened us together. Why is it us together? Because Jesus became sin. Read it again, 5, 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and Uh 6. Even when we were dead in sin. When we were dead in sin. Has quickened us together with Christ. He has quickened us together with Christ. So the reason was raised. We were raised together with Christ. By grace. By grace or merited favor you are saved. Nothing you did. And has raised. And he has raised us together. And made us sit together. And we are sitting together. So we were raised together. We died together. Raised together. Sitting together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In heavenly places where? In Christ. So what we are, who we are, what we are, are all in Christ. That's why Christianity is in Christ. It's not outside of Christ. So in this quickening, being raised from the dead, Jesus became the firstborn from the dead. Jesus became the firstborn from the dead. When he came in his incarnation, he was the only begotten. But when he became a sinful man, died with us, he rose with us, he became the firstborn, not the only begotten anymore. Colossians 1.18 He became the firstborn. Yes, but yeah, firstborn. Colossians 1.18. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 18. And he is the head of the body. He, Jesus, is the head of the body. The church. The church. Who is the beginning? Who is the beginning? The the firstborn from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead. The word dead that there involves... refers to dead men buried in sin. Firstborn from the dead. So all of us who were dead in sin, Jesus is our firstborn, senior brother. He was buried with us for our sins, not his sins. Jesus had no sin. But he took our sin. Have you finished that scripture? No, sir. Uh-huh. And he is the head of the body, the church. And he is the head of Who the body. The beginning. The church. The beginning. Remember last. The firstborn from the dead. The firstborn in, from the dead. That in all things he might have the preeminence. That in all things he has the preeminence. He is the firstborn. That in all things. He will have the preeminence. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. And then we do Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 and 11. Close. close. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For whom he did for no. 
He also did predestinate to be conformed to be conformed to what? To the image of his son. So we used to be in the image of Adam, but when we became Christians, he predestinated us to be conformed to the image of who? His son. His son. Uh-huh. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. So now he is your brother. He, is, he isn't the only begotten anymore. He is amongst many of his kind. So we and Jesus are of the same kind. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 and 11. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 and verse 11. For it became him. For it became so him. For whom all are all things. For whom are all of all things. Stephen, can hear, can hear. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Hebrews For two, it became 10. him. For it became him. For whom are all things. For whom are all things. And by whom are all things. In bringing bring many sons, sons in unto glory. glory. To make, to the, make captain the captain of, of their, their salvation, salvation perfect. Through sufferings. Uh-huh. For both he that sanctifieth. For both he that sanctifieth. And they who are sanctified. And are they who are one. sanctified are all what? Of one. For which cause he is not ashamed For which to call cause them he brethren. is not ashamed to call them what? Brethren. He is not ashamed to call you brethren. Write this for free as we close. We are now found in the new Adam. Every Christian is now found in a new Adam. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Amplify. Every Christian is now found in the new Adam. The last Adam. The new humanity. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. My last scripture. Amplify. 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 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Amplified Bible. Mm-hmm. For we are his workmanship. We are, already. for we are Christians. Say, I am. I want to hear everybody, please. I am. I am. I am. I am. For we are his workmanship. For we are his workmanship. Amplified of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. For we are his workmanship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, son, his own masterwork. His own masterwork. A work of art. A work of art. Created in Christ Jesus. We are created inside Christ Jesus. Reborn from above. We are reborn from above. So this is a new birth. Reborn from above. You don't have ancestral cases, uh, paternal, bloodline, all that. Go and see story. 
you are rebirth from above. Oh. Spiritually transformed. You are spiritually transformed. Renewed. You are renewed. Ready to be used. You are ready works. to be used. Oh, you are ready to be used. Say, I am ready to be used for his good works. I am ready, ready to, to be, be used, for, used his good for his good works. Hallelujah. That is is who you are. That is what you are. That is what Christ has made you. And the believer must never forget this. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it.